Áspera Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Aspera Podcast. My name is Ino Agrafiotti. And I'm Themos Carlos. In the March 2011 newsletter, there's an article by Christian Spearing from Germany on the search of high-energy neutrinos. In order to celebrate the fact that uh, on the 18th of December of last year, Ice Cube was completed. In the last podcast, we spoke about neutrinos, but uh, Themos, can you remind us a bit about neutrinos? Yes, neutrinos are elusive particles that were uh, predicted uh, by Pauli in the 1930s in order to explain an energy imbalance in uh, radioactive decays. Uh, Since then, there have been many experiments that have detected neutrinos, and uh, there have been mainly three sources of uh, neutrinos that uh, we can look for. Uh, There are neutrinos originating from uh, reactions inside the sun. There are neutrinos that uh, originate in uh, the atmosphere of our planet uh, from when the cosmic uh, rays, particles that come from outer space, uh, uh, generate neutrinos in the upper layers of the atmosphere. And uh, the products of those particles are subsequently uh, detected Uh, in, uh, on, uh, on the Earth. And then there are the so-called cosmic neutrinos, which are usually of higher energy, that uh, originate from sources outside our solar system, possibly our galaxy or uh, even beyond that. So there are three sources of neutrinos, but how are these detected on Earth? Uh, We do not detect the neutrinos directly. Uh, What usually happens is that uh, uh, people use a tank filled with water and then the neutrinos uh, very rarely will interact uh, with the hydrogen in the water molecule and uh, they will uh, produce a particle. Uh, There are three types of neutrinos, if you remember. There's the electron neutrino, the muon neutrino and the tau neutrino. And uh, each of these neutrinos will uh, produce its corresponding particle when interacting with water. So it may produce an electron, a muon, or a tau. And uh, when these particles now uh, travel at the speed of light inside the water, because normally the speed of light in water due to the water's index of refraction being higher, the, the speed of those particles should be lower uh, than the speed of light. And uh, this causes electromagnetic energy to be emitted. This is the so-called uh, Cherenkov radiation. And uh, this uh, light emitted from Cherenkov da- radiation is the light that is being detected by detectors called the photomultiplier tubes, and uh, which uh, uh, suggest the existence of an electron or a mu or a tau particle, which then subsequently suggest the existence and detection of a corresponding neutrino particle. Neutrinos are detected in water, either in land-based detectors, which include a a water tank to detect the neutrinos, 
or in sea-based or ice-based uh, experiments. The first uh, experiment was DUMANT, Deep Underwater Muon and Neutrino Detection Project, which was placed at the Pacific Ocean off the coast of Hawaii. Uh, it started um, with the idea of having 22,698 photomultipliers photo spread over a one kilometer cube, but of course the financial resources weren't available, so the detector was built a hundred times smaller. It started um, in the 1980s. By 1993, there were some problems of communication with the equipment in the sea. So in 1996, it was shut down. Some of the Russians that took part in the Dumont collaboration, they also wanted to create a telescope in, in Russia, in the Lake Baikal, which is uh, known for its clear water. So at the moment we have the Baikal telescope, which consists two, of, of 228 photomultiplier tubes on 11 strings, which are 1.1 kilometer below the surface. Uh, it's not called the detector, it's called the telescope, because it is able to reconstruct the, the whole path of the moving neurons that are produced by the neutrinos. Uh, and it can calculate the path of the neutrino. So far, the Baikal telescope has only seen atmospheric neutrinos and its precision is 2.5 degrees of the sky. Let me just mention here that uh, in these experiments there are usually strings of wires that uh, are planted vertically directly into the, into the base of the lake or the sea and then the photomultiplier tubes are attached along those vertical strings. So it's very important to have as many strings as possible and so that a, more, a larger volume uh, of water is uh, sampled. The Baikal telescope is uh, lake-based, uh, but uh, they, it was thought that the ice could also be used in order to detect neutrinos. So Amanda was built, the Antarctic Muon and Neutrino Detection Array, which was completed in 2000 and is an international collaboration that participates in its construction. This consists of even more photomultipliers, 677, at 19 strings. So the volume that is sampled is 500 meters height and 200 meters diameter. Amanda entered in 2005 and is also detected only atmospheric neutrinos. After Dumont, the only sea-based experiments are in the Mediterranean, and these are Antares, which was completed in 2008, uh, Nemo, which is in Italy, and Nestor, which is in Greece. In fact, Nestor used the equipment that was uh, used in Dumont in order to reduce its construction cost. The construction for the IceCube experiment has been recently completed and has already started uh, taking data. The IceCube experiment is a successor of the Amanda experiment. It is located in the same location in the South Pole and it covers a volume of about one cubic kilometer. Specifically, there are 4,800 uh, digital optical modules, the equivalent of a photomultiplier, and these are placed along strings that uh, uh, each string is about a kilometer long and uh, they were inserted in holes 2.5 kilometers deep and about uh, half a meter wide in diameter inside the Antarctic ice. 
So each string carries about uh, 60 digital optical uh, modules. There are certain advantages uh, for wanting to perform such experiments in ICE. Uh, for example, ICE has uh, less radioactive uh, uh, noise from the surrounding material compared to water. And there's also easier in terms of installation and maintenance because there are no ships or underwater vehicles required. And also there are no concerns regarding uh, 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 moving of uh, water that uh, sometimes affects uh, those strings that are attached to underwater uh, uh, experiments. One of the main uh, goals of uh, the IceCube experiment will be to uh, correlate neutrinos, cosmic neutrinos, with uh, gamma-ray bursts, which will provide information about uh, possible quantum gravity uh, effects in the universe. In fact, uh, these effects are so rare that uh, the experiment is expected to uh, detect a handful of uh, events uh, every year. So it's just on the margin of being big enough to uh, provide uh, solid scientific uh, data and uh, maybe even larger uh, experiments with larger volume will be required. One of Aspera's Magnificent Seven is Came3Net, which is going to be a continuation of the three Mediterranean projects Antares, Nemo, and Nestor. And it's going to be the equivalent of IceCube in the Northern Hemisphere. And it also aims to have higher sensitivity by a factor of five compared to IceCube. There are advantages in having seawater-based detectors. For example, light travels more than 10 times further in water before it scatters than in ice. So in, in order to catch photons before they scatter, less photomultiplier tubes are needed compared to ice. In addition, if, see, given that came through is going to be in the North Hemisphere, we can see neutrinos that come from the center of our galaxy, which are not detectable by ice cube. Of course, there are disadvantages. For example, there are deep water currents in Mediterranean, and there are ships needed to lower the strings and remote control submersibles to wire them up which makes it a bit expensive. Saying that, Came3Net is going to have the same cost as IceCube. The best support for Came3Net will be the first source detection by IceCube. Let me just mention here, before we conclude, that uh, these experiments always look at the neutrinos coming from the opposite side of the Earth they are placed on. For example, uh, the experiments on the northern hemisphere uh, look for neutrinos that uh, come through the Earth from the southern hemisphere before hitting uh, the detectors. That is because uh, by letting neutrinos pass through the Earth first, uh, unwanted uh, particles uh, are uh, filtered out uh, before reaching the detector so they have a more cleaner signal. Thank you for listening to this month's podcast. Please join us next month. Bye-bye. <laughs>